Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, (laughs) y'all. So naturally, Angela is destroying the place. Um, She's (laughs) knocking stuff over. Oh my gosh. Let's not get concussions. Okay. Okay. Um, You're doing your 15 to 20. Okay, 15 to 20. Well, like most people, I started high school. Um, I actually really liked my high school. It was pretty, like, everybody was pretty close-knit. Like, there really, or I didn't feel like there was much clickiness. I mean, of course it existed, but it's like, you're not going to get past that. Right. Oh, I got my first job at 15. <clears throat> at a dip and Dots place? It was a marble slab. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew it had to do with ice cream. It was ice cream. Um, and ice cream. We scream for ice cream. Yeah, I didn't love that job, but... I, I still, I think, you know, not everybody gets their first job at 15, so I was pretty proud of myself. Um, 15. <laughs> sing it. The Taylor Swift song. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. I can't sing. Yeah, so that was when I was 15. Let's see, did anything significant happen when I was 16? I don't think that it did, honestly. Like, 16. You get a car? License? Oh, my God, y'all. You can actually get your permit in Tennessee at 15. Yeah. And you, here's the thing. This is what people should take away from this, I'm going to say. I should say that better. Come in close. This is what the takeaway is. Not everybody learns the same way, and not everybody can show their knowledge in the same way. So, I made great friends with the DMV of Sumner County. The because- driving place? Yes, because I spent I spent so much time there. You tell me I'm a bad driver. I no, I'm not a bad driver. I just failed my permit test five times. Why? Well, you don't do well under testing. I don't. I'm bad at testing. I I am bad at testing. Hold on one second. We have guacamole. guacamole. We're so excited. Mm -hmm. Hi. Hi. Sorry, we put the table up here. (laughs) We're gonna eat our guacamole. Thank you. They're probably still making it. Alcohol is not going to hydrate you. It was it was a, a computerized test, and you knew how many questions you could miss. And every time that you got one wrong, it flashed up, no! It was, like, wrong on the screen, like, incorrect. And I was like, oh, shit. And so, like, it, it just, like, built up this, like, nervousness in me. And I was just like, yeah, it was like, oh, my God, I can only miss one more. And then I went and missed it. So I failed it so many times. And then... I went in to take it another one of the times and my proof of school had expired. Like that's, it only lasts for a month. So, and you can only take the test once a week. Do you have to be enrolled in school to get your license? Yes. At at that time anyway, you had to get proof of like that you were going to school. And so I had to get a new proof of school. And then finally I told them, I was like, hey, I know this stuff. Your test is just freaking me out. 
So I asked them if I could take a written test, and I did. Paper and pencil, and I passed it. I only missed one question. So if you ever feel like you know things, but you're not getting the opportunity to know it your way, like adapt like always and ask questions yeah usually there's a workaround in some way that you can I love how proactive you can get through is. it yeah so shout out to my dad for bringing me to the DMV so many times too <laughs> um so yeah so that was actually interesting about 15 and then 16 I passed my driver's test with flying colors um, I actually went through like a driver's school and we had to parallel park and I had to drive downtown. I almost hit a taxi. I was terrified, but I passed. Wow. I passed. Um, I'm proud of you. Between those years, I got my first boyfriend. Not the best thing in the world, but you know, you live and learn when you're young. You don't know what love is. Um, and then I think we broke up when I was 19. Uh, That's I, like a long relationship. It was two years. Yeah. I did those things too. Um, I did those things too. <laughs> those stupid things. Um, and then, let's see, when I was, you know, I graduated high school, then I started going to college. I, I don't know, I guess at 19? I don't know, just the basic stuff. Nothing really crazy happened during that time. I did, I was working at a family owned company, and this is kind of what started me into events is I was overseeing their rental department as an 18 year old um an organized 18 year old yes and I learned that from a guidance counselor some of it some of it was natural but but yeah so that kind of um I started in like the events world at 18 it was I it was the day I graduated was the first day that I started working there oh my gosh and um and yeah and that's what gave me the start in that my 15 to 20 gets really interesting and this is where shit gets real crazy okay so I think when I got I didn't get my driver's license right away when I was 16 because I had a boyfriend that was 16 and he was the deacon's grandson at our church my parents loved that so they let me ride in the car with him so he, like, drove me around, and he would come over every morning and see me. He, like, lived behind me. How cute. It was, yeah, cute. So he was, like, my first, like, couple years, like, high school boyfriend. My boyfriend was not religious. Oh, that's a different story. <clears throat> that's a crazy story. But the problem was we had a trampoline in the backyard, and I spent a lot of time on the trampoline. Working out and flipping and like twisting and like prepping myself for like gymnastics things and cheerleading and all this stuff. Flipping and twisting. And then there was this guy named Ron. My boyfriend's name was Jeff, the basic white boy name. And Ron was a football player at Mount Juliet High School. And Ron had a red truck. <laughs> hey, Ron. And we were just friends. But he was so muscular, and he looked like... He was so muscular and high Incredible Hulk, yes, it was insane. But he was like a new kid in town. He, like, moved there for football. I don't know, I'm making this up. I don't know he, why he moved. Why he said here. he moved here for football. I think so. <laughs> he was like this buff. He moved here to play high school football. <laughs> I don't know. I'm totally making this up. Anyway, so I was cheating on Chubb with Ron... <laughs> 
And he saw me with like binoculars because Ron and I were making out on the trampoline and he saw me like through the bushes because he like lived behind me on this hill. Wait. Anyway. <laughs> Wait. You were making out with Ron on the trampoline when you knew that Jeff could see? I wasn't thinking. What's wrong with you? I think I was like 17. No, I was I was 16. I was 16 years old. Okay. So then Jeff got so mad and comes over and my mother loves bird What are those things called? Bird Birds? bird cage things oh. that hang in the yard. Bird feeders. Bird feeders. Yes. She had a favorite bird feeder. And he walked in and he punched the bird feeder and it busted and went everywhere. And that is so mean. It is so mean. This and my mother. This yes, this was the deacon's this was grandson. Holy Jeff? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Y'all. So then, um, there were just so many things there. But, oh, let's see. Okay, so then, my junior year, me and Jeff were done, then me and Ron were done too. And so then I got a boyfriend, Mario. He's super Italian, and Mario was really fun, but we were just alike in so many ways, and we wanted to kill each other at times, um, but we had the most fun. It, it really wasn't, but I mean, he was the first boy that, well, he kind of was going to ask me to marry him, but that didn't happen. We were just way too young, right? And we used to talk on a payphone, and we had a beeper. <laughs> His actually my first cell phone. My first real cell phone his mother paid for on their family plan. Like that wow. was the kind of girlfriend I was. Yeah. Um, you were well liked. Yeah, I loved his family and he loved my family. Like we have some major effing history, like I'm about to tell you. Because these were like highs and lows like that I'll never forget because I almost died. I thought I was gonna die. So yeah, he was like my senior year boyfriend. Okay, so me and Mario had fun. There's a few really big things here. Okay, so the first is we would sneak out. <clears throat> and one of the first times I snuck out, my sister goes and tells on me and tells my parents I'm running away. She knew exactly what the fuck I was doing, little snark. <laughs> and so I, I get this narc. Narc, snark. <laughs> Isn't sure that what a it is? snot and a narc. Snark. <laughs> just beep, beep it out. Anyway, anyway, moving on. So it's like 3.30 in the morning, and I get a beep. 754-6113 was my home phone number. <laughs> this is probably way not your generation, but if anyone remembers Kim Possible, that's what that made me think of, because the theme song was like, call me, beep me, if you want to reach me. <laughs> <laughs> she was Kim Possible. Everything's possible with a beep away. Yeah, I'm so just a beep away. Oh my god, that's what it is. I don't know what that is, but anyway. So you snuck out with Mario. Yeah, I did. She did. But anyway, so I'm like, oh my god, you gotta drive me home. Like I'm I'm gonna get the shit beaten out of me. And I mean I kinda deserved it. So um I was perfectly prepared with a stiff tight ass. I mean, my dad would take a belt or a switch and like fucking just I mean, we we were tame kids. Let me just tell you that. We were good kids. So, my sister told on me, 
He would not even pull in the cul-de-sac. He left me at this end of the street because he's like, your dad's going to shoot me or kill me. So you have to get out of my car and walk to your street. I mean, I have a story kind of like this, but I just, I don't know that I could share it with the public. Oh, do you want to think about it? I don't know. Okay, we'll think about it. We it might circle my back. my boyfriend's car getting stuck in the sand at the lake down the parents, down the road from my parents' house. Did you go to jail? I walked home. Was, By yourself? It was past curfew. He walked me to the end of the street and then watched me walk home. Yeah. And then um, I think him and his friends had to, like, find some way to get his car out of the sand in the middle of the night. That sucks. Not my problem. Yeah, not, no, not, not your problem. I told him not to park it there. He was just <clears throat> stupid. Guys, listen, you should just listen to the lady sometimes. But sometimes the guys know. So, I walked in the front door and the steps were right at the front door and he was sitting on the steps and he looked at me and said Angela if our house caught on fire you've heard this story mm -hmm. and everyone ran outside and you weren't out there and I went in to save you and you weren't in your bed and I died how would you feel and I just busted out crying I'm like daddy I'll never ever ever stick out again and he's like at least leave a goddamn post-it note so our family lived and communicated and breathed by yellow post-it notes on the microwave and I mean so many secrets were revealed from the post-it note microwave days Secrets. the biggest is when my sister thought she had the flu and the doctor's office called with the results they were positive and my little brother answered the phone and took down the number. So my mother called back. My mother, this was prior to HIPAA, okay? And she's like, you know, does Ashley, you know, young have blah, blah, blah. Her daughter, she would, was she under 18? Yes, she was. You're right. So that's why they yeah. didn't her. Yeah, you're right. She's a guardian. So she's like, well, the test is positive. And she's like, okay, so she has the flu. So are you going to call in something? She's like, no, her pregnancy test is positive. Now, we were raised that you don't have sex before you get married. Okay, that's a different day for a different story. So but you told your mom she was going to get a test for the flu. Correct, because she was sick. Well, okay. she was just prego, and that's why she was sick. Anyway, so my dad was really angry, but he did not beat me. <laughs> he did not give me a spanking. <laughs> and it was just more impactful, and, like, it just taught me that you've got to think about the consequences and quit being selfish and, like, thinking of yourself yeah, in that moment think about others and like yeah. the people that love you like yeah they may not approve of what you're doing but they love you that all of that doesn't matter if something were to happen yeah like, the fact that you're doing something they don't approve of doesn't matter yeah he's so so I would often like at three o'clock in the morning go to Waffle House and I would leave a post-it note you know on the microwave you telling your stories is making me think of my story so when I was 17 with my high school boyfriend my parents didn't like him which good reason um, but you know, you're in high school, you don't know anything. Don't know. And my dad was out of town and, um, I was grounded from seeing my boyfriend. What'd you do? I don't remember. It was probably had something to do with the phone bill. Um, because at that point, like there was no unlimited talks, talking text, like, like it, you like, you know, so that was probably what it was about. It was really bad. Like, one of the times the bill was really high, and I just didn't know. Um, but, yeah, I, my mom and this girl that is, like, my sister who was living with us, um, they went, like, 
downtown and they asked if I wanted to come, but I didn't want to come because I wanted to sneak and go see my boyfriend. Well, I met him like at Barnes and Noble or something. And then, and then I was going to drive him home. I went to drive him home and on the way home, I got in a car accident. A bad one? Totally totaled my car. Um, it was head on driver's side. Luckily we were both okay. It could have been much, much worse, but it was bad. Um, I was in like a little sedan and was hit by like a big SUV. And, um, I think that was the last time I snuck out to do anything. And like my dad was out of town cause he was touring. I think he was in Canada and like, I just remember like, I didn't ask for an ambulance, but I was like blood vessels busted head to toe. My ribs were bruised. My kneecaps were like busted. Like my neck was like in so much pain. Cause like when you get in a car accident, like you're supposed to be like, you know, but you like clench up, you like stiffen and like, Oh my gosh, I was in so much pain for like weeks. But, um, yeah, we weren't supposed to be together, but my mom never, my mom's really wonderful about things like this. Like she's like, obviously she noticed it and she knew we were not supposed to be but she did not care at that moment like it and we never really we never really talked about it yeah and um I just remember like I had burns from the airbags like up and down my arms and I just remember there was this police officer on a bike he was the first one who showed up and it was dark and I kept asking him I'm like I'm okay I was like I'm fine but like can you can you shine your flashlight on my arm again because it was burning so bad and he's like do you want me to call you an ambulance I was like no 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 no. like I'm I'm fine but can you look at my arm like I kept asking him my mom got there and I was like she's like oh my god I'm so glad you're okay and I was like yeah I just want to go home and she's like no we're going to the emergency room so we went to the ER I was cold which I'm always cold he thought that I was going into shock because he brought in like all these gauze blankets and he was like tucking them around me and he's like you will be fine you will be warm and I'm like okay so um yeah and so I had like x-rays done like head to toe and like went home my dad yeah my dad called like at two in the morning we were in the ER for like eight hours and like I think that that was a super big learning lesson for me as a teenager as someone who thought that they were in love as someone who like as a driver like I drive so much more defensively now like it could have been so much worse knock on wood I'm kind of glad that it happened because it just it made me so much more aware of things so there's that story and another story in between that lifeline for me has to do with a very life-changing wreck as well so we're talking about wrecks with Mario Mario. yeah because it rolls beautifully into my next story so the Olympics were in Atlanta Georgia oh I remember that yep he got us tickets to go to one of the something, volleyball, gymnastics, I don't remember. And the, we were, it was like a terrorist attack. Bomb, a bomb went off in Atlanta. Really? Yep. And my parents called and they made him drive us home. And so we did. And we like packed our shit really quickly and just like left, right? We just wanted to get the fuck out of the city. I mean, I, I would genuinely was very scared, you know, and, um, I mean, I was a senior in high school. I can't even believe my parents like, let me do these things. Like, God, thanks mom and dad. It's not like that far. It's like, no, no, no. It's like three hours, but still, you know, it's just, I don't know. But anyway, it was dinner time when we got back and my parents were having dinner. 
my family's the kind of family that ate dinner every single night. And then as we got older and went to college and, you know, grew up, we ate every Sunday. You know, things change. But anyway, he, so we had dinner with my family. My little sister had a boyfriend who is now her, still her husband. And uh, my mom asked Mario and me to take Randy home. And my sister, you know, rode with us. Now, he had an Acura with some souped-up bass. I love bass, y'all. Like, when we get to the lifeline of where I am right now, my neighbor effing hates me because I got new speakers. And he's like, oh, my God, your bass is killing me. But we, we text each other and work it out. And luckily, I'm gone, like, a lot. But anyway, so he had this, like, trippin' bass. And so he had these wires, right? These huge ass wire things that went through the car, like in the back, hooked up to this base. So, and why this is important has to do with the wreck. So we drop Randy off, and Randy lives on a rather bad road. It's very curvy. There's no uh, guardrails or anything like that. <clears throat> the roads in Tennessee are like that. Yeah, it's really like you have to fucking pay attention, and you know, a deer could run out in front of you. It's not nothing like India, <laughs> especially at night. Yeah, like it's yeah. bad. And if the weather, like the weather was good, oh my god, thank God, the weather was good because his this is important. The sunroof was open and the windows were down. Okay, so so we're driving, and mind you, we just got back from Atlanta. We packed so fast, all of our stuff in our bags in the back. I just left everything unzipped. Like, I didn't care. I just put everything in the bags, left them unzipped. So he leans over. He puts his hand on my leg and, like, goes to give me a kiss on the cheek. And when he does, his back right tire, while he was driving, his back right tire falls off the embankment. And we roll, 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 roll all the way way down the embankment and slide. And where we land was, like, this close to a big-ass telephone pole that was the electricity to like half the homes over on that side of Mount Juliet and the car we land I mean it's just it's it just it happens so fast and like we're upside down and we're spinning and we're spinning and there's grass and water and bugs and I think I'm, I'm like in a bad dream you know and then my sister's screaming in the back the whole time she's holding on yeah she's holding on to those wires that's holding in the base and I don't know what he's doing but, but somehow, so we, we land upside down and it stops. And I, we all kind of like look at each other. And my sister's like, oh my God, I'm dead. And I was like, calm down. And the car was like a pancake, you know. And you're hanging upside down. So we like undid our seatbelt. I was pretty thin and fit back then. And I like fit through. I like crawled out because, you know, the windows were down. But all the, everything was smashed out. And I somehow crawled out. And then I got my sister out, and then he got out. But you're, like, all crumped. Like, I can't even, I don't know. Again, it's just, like, a bad dream. And then you get out, and we stood up, and we we just, like, you know, look way up. And there's, like, ten people up there. All these cars, these cars. And this is not really a busy road. I mean, it's a very country road. But there were probably three families that stopped. And now where we landed, there were all these beer bottles. I mean, we, if you look around, there were all these beer bottles. The guy's like, y'all been drinking? And we, I mean, we weren't of age to even drink. We had no, we had not been drinking. And I'm like, no, sir, we have not been drinking. And he's like, well, we called 911, the ambulance on the way. I don't even know how I had my phone, okay? Like, but I had a cell phone. And somehow, some way, I still had my phone in my hand. And this was before texting. And I, I called my dad and my mom. I'm like, we're okay. 
but we were in a wreck and we're down the road. We were like 10 minutes from home <clears throat> on the same road that we live off of. You know, so everything came. It was just, it was just, it sucked. It sucked. I mean, we were all okay, you know. It's a scary moment when that happens. It's just, he didn't have a shirt on, and, like, when the windshield busted, like, glass. I'm pretty sure he, like, has glass in his back for, for fucking life. But it just sucks, and, you know, then he's out of car, and then, I don't know. It just, it really sucked. But then he went off to college, to UT, and then I went to UT as well maybe 20% because of him but probably because a lot of my friends went there too but Tennessee. yeah it is it was it was a good school and we were so good at football but I'm not there yet because that's 20 but I did move to UT to go to college I did want to try out for cheerleading I had hurt my elbow that was my first really bad injury right before cheer tryouts, and I thought my life was going to be over because my roommate, who I love, Laura, um, I did her wedding, and now she's moving back, and I can't wait, and she has two kids, and I love her husband, Jim, um, was my roommate, and she cheered, but it was hard, like, to balance. Like, she would get up at fucking 4 o'clock in the morning and, like, go to workouts and, like, shit that I just wasn't going to do. Then there was, like, a semi-pro team where you, like, got paid not a lot and I tried out for that so I, I was still cheering and making actually a little bit of money from it during college and then I started doing like hair shows and I wasn't 21 yet because oh my god I had so many jobs before I was actually 21 I was a cocktail waitress oh my gosh I nannied for like six years like oh all through god. high school and college jobs. like so many different things I already okay so yeah before 21 I worked at the morgue right before I went into um, or a summer, and I got that job because one of the gymnasts, who was like 30 at the time, she, I was her teacher, and I'm like, oh my God, 30 is so old. I hope when I'm 30, I can still tumble. I mean, I was, you know, 18 years old, but her name was Whitney, and I looked up to her, and then Whitney asked me if I would start babysitting for Jacob, her little boy. He was like three or four at the time, and I taught Tiny Tots, which he was in the little gymnastics class, and he really, like, took to me, and she had a night job, so I would come and nanny for her, and then her house was just a fucking wreck, you guys, and, like, much like you in the cards, like, I'm very OCD, like, clean, like, I just couldn't take it, so one night, like, a week into it, I just rip her kitchen apart and I organized the shit out of everything and there were dishes and there was mold and it was just fucking gross and so when she came home I was like I'm so sorry but I like couldn't take it anymore like I'm really a neat freak and she was like oh my god this is amazing she's like can I pay you extra to like do it to every room and every closet and I'm like okay she all she would come home and give me one hundred dollar bills like in hundred dollar bills okay now, I didn't question anything. I didn't tell my dad anything. But in the back of my head, I'm like, this woman's slewing drugs. But I never said anything, okay? You don't judge a book by its cover. But the last thing that I cleaned out was her closet. And there were a lot of wigs in there and a lot of, like, tall boots with, like, lace. And so it did kind of cross my mind that maybe she was a stripper. And, I mean, she did have a rocking body. But I wasn't going to judge. I still love her. Anyway, I ended up doing her wedding. And she ended up marrying the owner of Ken's Gold Club, which was a strip club that she worked at. Anyway, so um, 
Jacob is probably like in his 20s. I would dive. He was like, Miss Angela, I'm getting married. Can you do my wedding? This is when you know you have too much experience or enough experience to like retire out and like do things like this. So I don't know, a lot happened. The morgue, I started school and then did nursing and clinicals and I hated inflicting pain on live people. Then I worked, I started working in the mental hospital. I worked, uh, I taught swim lessons for geriatric patients. I taught swim lessons for autistic children. Um, I mean, I did, I, anything I could do to get college hours working in the field, I did it. And I just, I got a lot of experience in learning what I did not want to do. Mm -hmm. And... But I, I knew that I loved people, and naturally it was like to go into nursing, and that was like going to be my path. But then that wasn't going to be my path anymore. But my, I was, I was a, on the younger side, but I think I was 21 when I actually graduated college, which is like a whole other chapter of my life that like takes a crazy effing twist. It's like, what just happened? But we'll see you for years 20 to 25. To be continued. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember, the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.